But yeah, hope, right? What is it in the first place? From the dictionary, it's hope. It hope means is to ex it means to expect something good to happen. That is the definition of hope. But what is hope to us? Well, for us to just finish year twelve, like Tab over there and I, we just did exams, and well, throughout that time, it's a very interesting time. The stress, the pressure of studying, and both studying. You know, the casual stress that cuts you that cuts you off from your social life. You know, talking to your friends, hopping your phone, and everything else in between. You know, things that you have to remember, essays that you have to plan beforehand, facts that you just have to remember and memorize all throughout. All of this, all the, all this exile, all this cut on, cutting off, comes all the way back because. It, it still ends. There's still light at the end of the tunnel. And hope is on the horizon. Hope on the horizon is one of the themes from the Old Testament. Prophet named Isaiah, as we heard, his prophecies extended from 700, sorry, 739 to 681 BC to the people of God primarily living in Jerusalem. His prophecies spanned over reign of four Judean kings, Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. In the slice of history, the Israelite people find themselves living in dark times of judgment because they have broken their covenant with God and pursued idolatrous and rebellious lives leading to sin. Judgment of God comes throughout the book of Isaiah in the form of foreign nations such as Assyria and Babylon overtaking God's people and eventually leading them to exile. Well, today's exile can take in many shapes and sizes. Atar, for example, as we finished, it's a straight path to uni, but it's a long and treacherous path. Exams spanning over two years, we have to do it at least 20 and a maximum of 36 over the span of two years, and that's at the middle of the year, so that's a uh, end of semester one to end of semester two. And these exams span for a minimum of three hours for some schools, you have to do, you have to stay for all of them, and some just leave when you're finished. Well, and here's another example. I know most teenagers can relate to this one. Being on your phones, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? Talking to everyone, you know, watching funny videos on YouTube, and then it all gets taken away by our lovely parents. as she said. But yeah, that's a simple way of exile, isn't it? Though it's not as big as Israelites is, but still in the same. Doesn't matter 700 years before God, Jesus was born, or almost 21, cent 20, 21 centuries after his first advent. We, his people, still experience exile in different shapes and sizes. The meaning of Isaiah's name, the salvation of Yahweh, is worth remembering as we anticipate the hope of Christmas. The prophet's name is appropriate for the people of God who find themselves in season of exile, regardless of how they got there. Take note of how one scholar describes the book of Isaiah, which points to the prophet hope found in salvation of Yahweh, whose name is Jesus Christ. 
So from the announcement of his coming found in Isaiah chapter four, uh, 40, of verse 3 to 5, states, Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That's one. Another is his virgin birth, found in Isaiah verse, uh, sorry, chapter 7, verse 14, which says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son, and shall, and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's two. Another from Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, says, The Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord God, is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. That's three. Make it four. His sacrificial death found in Isaiah chapter 52, verse 13, and, sorry, chapter 52, verse 13, to chapter 53, verse 12, which says, Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that, for that which has not been told them they see. And that which they have not heard they understand. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord has been revealed? For he who grew before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he has, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet, yet we esteemed him streak, uh, stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was pierced from our transgressions. He was crushed for, for our inequities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace, and with his words we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, Yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to, to be slaughtered, and like a sheep that is, that's before it shares is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he cut off of the land of the living, stricken for, for the transgressions of my people, and they made his grave with a wicked and with a rich man in his death, although had done no violence and the deceit in his mouth. Yet it was, will, it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He was put to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord prosper in his land. Out of, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall be he shall see and satisfy he shall be seen and be satisfied 
By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many of the acquainted righteous and shall bear their inequities. Therefore I will divide him a portion of the, with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. With the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Or the transgressors. The theme of hope on the horizon throughout the book of Isaiah can reach into the hearts of all who feel like, who feel like the effects of exile and hope shines like the light in the darkness. Just like Isaiah prophesied 700 years before, hope arrived with the most wonderful name, Jesus. As we celebrate the advent of incarnate of hope, let's read Isaiah 9 as it helps us shine the light of hope to our exile and darkness. The people who walked in darkness have seen the great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on, upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David, over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That was from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, and Isaiah chapter, sorry, chapter 9, verse 2, and 6 to 7. And this prophecy found its fulfillment as Matthew states in his gospel some plus 700 years later when speaking of the birth of Jesus during the solidification of, Jesus, of Joseph's, Joseph's life admits a dream in the night. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in, to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, referring to Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. From Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 to 25. So hope arrived some 700 years later after Isaiah prophesied about this child being born, saving us from this darkness that we're in. Which means, so, so from, sorry. So remember that Isaiah's name means the salvation of Yahweh pointed out that yes, we are living in darkness and that God, Jesus, is to be born to save us. And as one of those who dealt in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. Jesus' birth, as we celebrate it, symbolized hope on earth, that the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace, and God's only son will be born to save us from this darkness and provide us with everlasting hope. As we celebrate the other three weeks of Advent, 
let us keep in mind that while we feel like that we are in darkness, in exile, we found hope and light in the birth of Jesus who came to save us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the hope that you've given us, the light of hope, Lord. And while we're in this darkness of in exile, that you are here for us, that you have been born to save us. For the next three weeks of Advent, before your birth, as we celebrate it, help us to keep in mind that, yes, you, have, you are to come back and save us, Lord, from this exile. Amen.